0: Hey folks, welcome back to the Messy Truths Podcast with your girl Mar. I am recording as usual
1: from Montreal. Yo, 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 middle child, Nisha J, recording from Kenneka Hage, and going down south to our sister friend, it's me, it's Azar recording from new
2: york city living my summertime life right now i just want to put it out there the (laughs) weather is hot the sun is shining yes you can find me outside you can catch me
1: outside same here in montreal same here in montreal montreal has some wind blowing trying to mess up people's lack of hair no no no
0: look look we have sunshine just accept that we have sunshine it's good it's better than than snow it's better than like Blowing rain and all kinds of other precipitation. I agree. So we'll I take it. We'll take it. All the way better. So folks, I want to say first of all, a very happy birthday to the twins in my family. Yes, I have like three sisters and two of them are they are twins. And wow, uh, I had the pleasure of celebrating their 60th birthday. What? uh yesterday we did a little what? birthday what? brunch organized by their lovely daughters so that was all that was definitely a lot of fun so happy birthday yes. to them you know it's gemini season so you know yes, Clearly. yes it is was happy there any twerking? To your,
2: your twin sisters
0: any twerking and,
2: was there any twerking <laughs> more? no Nisha needs no to know
0: okay nisha no one's doing that at 60 at least not in my family and and also twerking is not something that no not 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 in my family we're caribbean people there's whining and
1: all kinds of things okay any whining any whining any whining no no No, no. wow speaking on the birthday trains we have to send a special shout out to miles we said it last week happy birthday miles and Kane. yeah, last birthday's like, today. Yes, mm-hmm. and I'm really glad Oz got three kids. So now I know at least one of them will take care of me because we got a budding <laughs> actress in the family. <laughs> and you know, yes, shout out grandma. to Kiki, that's my Aquarian girl right there. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, uh, you got three, so you, you can spare. Yes, I can spare, and you have two, Dr. J. Yeah, but they, they have parents, one each. She has a spare. <laughs> one each. You're, you're the
0: extra parent. You're the extra parent. <laughs> mm. The bonus mom. The bonus mom. Yeah. I personally do not have any children, but what I do have are a lot of nieces and nephews who yes, you do. collectively could make up an entire island in the Caribbean. Um, oh wow but that being said we are here today to discuss the subject of aging I guess this would be maybe considered adulting part two because we're Mm going to dive into some you know some areas for some of the younger listeners out there who are kind of confused about what's going on in life what should I do what to look out for us three will be able to guide you so you can avoid
1: the uh, shit storm that's awaiting you <laughs> in the future. <laughs> I feel like we need the music from the twilight zone. And I'm yeah. not
2: sure if we are the qualified guides for this, but fuck it. We'll share of, course course we anyway. of course
1: we are. Of course we are. Of course, we are. In our own experiences, we are the we are yeah. the ones. <laughs> I, so, just I, the, I was thinking about it. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I w- I was just going to say
0: just to give some 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 stats here um, about Gen Z and millennials. So, Gen Z makes up about twenty six percent of the global population. U.S. Gen wow. Zers account for forty percent of consumers in nice. the country. Nice. And 85 percent of Gen Zers learn about new products from social media, and then also Millennials are the largest living generation in the world currently. I'm with okay, it. Okay, so
2: wait, let's break down the years. When when mm-hmm. what are Millennials? When were they born? So
0: Millennials were born between 1981 to 1986. You still have the 19 in front of you. Yeah, Tim, are you serious? Uh,
1: Gen Zers.
0: Like <laughs> Gen Zers were born from 1997
2: to 2012. Oh, damn. So Miles is like the last of the Gen Z. So who's next? Yeah. We don't They don't have a name. Do they have a name? The next generation? They're not that privileged yeah. yet to get a no, name. No, no, they do are have they?
1: a name because I was talking to the 22 year olds in my circle and I forget what their name is, but they have a name. They have a name. I'll find it. All but right. What about us? What do we call? Gen old. I'm Gen X.
0: You guys are Gen X as well, aren't you?
2: Yeah, we're Gen I'm with X, it. Guys. I guys. Like I mean, we're all in the same year.
0: Yeah, we're about
2: the same age. Yeah,
0: it's it's right up until like 1980, right? So I'm with it.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm with so, it because we're the generation that understands what life was before the internet.
2: Before technology I love that skill set. I love like that skill set
1: that we have.
0: And we're less likely to have a record of our crap on the internet, unless you went right? wild on Twitter back in the no. day when it first or MySpace or yeah, MySpace, Friendster. But Get if me. you went, <laughs> if you if you went wild on Twitter in the early days, yeah, that's your record. That's ultimately your record. Aye. It's out there. Yeah, it's out there. So according to an article on futurism.com, millennials are aging pretty badly. (laughs) That's, that's according to the experts. It's not looking good for y'all. So they're finding that Gen X and Gen Y are hitting a downward trend in physiological and behavioral patterns. So what they're warning is that if things don't change in our society, especially in the U.S. and I guess by extension, Canada and the U.K., the the Western nations, we're going to see an expansion of like morbidity and mortality rates as they get older. It's not looking good. So hopefully us three will be
1: here to guide you to a better future. (laughs) That's not cute. I will tell you a fun fact because I do this work with a client and they make me do statistics, 25% Mm -hmm. of the Canadian population in the next 14 years will be 65 and older. So, of course, you know what I did, right, folks? I calculated. I'm not there at 65 yet. But I was like, I keep getting these, like, Quebec pension participation forms more, more recent or more actively or more frequently. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm still 44. Keep that participation pension, like, I don't know, put it somewhere else. And then I realized I'm not that far from being 65. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you but, were humbled. <laughs> no, but I will say that because I started my career young, I am more likely to retire before 60. Because next year, September, I would have put 23 years of teaching service in. Amen. So yes. I'm, I'm like, After a couple more years, I can be like, peace out, bitches, to the kids. Yes, there you go. There you go. So I'll be able to retire a little early.
0: But that's the thing. I think you're in a field that allows you to have the luxury of having a pension. We're part of the Gen X generation. We're part of like Generation X where we weren't even sure if there was even going to be such a thing as pensions. Ah, We don't know if there's going to be anything called pensions. I don't, I mean, there's, there's nothing. There truly isn't much.
2: What is a pension? (laughs) Oh,
1: wait, 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 hold on. I'm still trying to figure that out. No, but you two will get a pension from the province or the state, right? (laughs) What? What's that? How much is that going to even okay, like? Let, let's let's take a step back for listeners. What is a pension? What is a pension? I answer it? Answer it, Are you show sure oh, you okay. ask? Well, a Pension. <laughs> well, I mean, I I I know, right? Because I have a job. I've had all my jobs have a. Pension. You're getting one. <laughs> yeah, actually, from two countries, actually, because okay. I worked in the UK as well. Uh, A pension, so you have a paycheck and they take a shit tons of taxes. But one of the things they take is your pension contribution. Usually it can be matched by your employer or not. And they put it away. And then when you turn a magical age, now this is the part I don't like, you have to turn the magical age, otherwise you get penalized on the pension amount. But for example, like if I retire at 60, I get 300 bucks, like that's whack. But if I retire at sixty five, I get like fifteen hundred dollars a month. And so it's like um fixed set of money that they give you every month to live off. And if you're in Canada, you get from the federal government and from the province. In the United States, does it work the same way, honestly? You get it from the state? No. Oh, so we okay. have okay, we'll I think we have right social
2: secu- I think we have social security here, which mm-hmm. I believe is federal. But I don't believe there's state. However, maybe there is, I don't know. The four hundred one k is what most people um, mm. contribute to, and and sometimes you get an employer match. It's not as common, but it's you know the larger companies tend to do that, and they cap it.
0: At yeah, a the amount, the, the equivalent of that in Canada is the RRSP, the Registered mm-hmm. Retirement right. Savings Plan, and yes, you can open that up with your bank. And sometimes you may have employers that may ask you if you want to opt into a program where they will match your contributions as well. So and and it's also a tax free. um, There's tax free incentives there as well
1: in Canada. Mm -hmm. So, you know. So let's talk about that for a moment. Uh, One thing I wish I had done sooner in adulting is start my RSP sooner. That's mm-hmm. one thing. And I, mm-hmm. I want well RSP 401k, even if it's $10, $5, folks, just do it. Just do it. Yeah. Every um, little bit counts. Because everything counts. Like I'm at a good place now, but that's because the pandemic kept my ass in Canada for two years, where I was like, Oh, I can't go f- flying around the world. But that's your supplement income, right? So for those of you who have a pension, Your RSP money is like that little bit of extra so you can have a a better life or a good life. So financial literacy skills is the one thing I really, really pass on to young folks that I'm teaching that, you know, you got to understand your paycheck, you understand the taxes. And also, what do you get for those taxes? Because a lot of us also don't realize the benefits. I think we've talked about this before, where I went to school virtually, at a fraction of the price because I knew all the loopholes. or not all the loopholes, but I knew all the winnings, right? So most people don't know I have a learning disability, but in Quebec, if you have a learning disability, they'll let you go to school and university for free. They'll pay your tuition. And I found I that out that. in my friend. Yeah, so I have hypothyroidism and I have an LD. So hypothyroidism is when your thyroid system works a bit slower, it can be hyper or hypo. If it's hyper, you know, you losing weight real fast, but your eyes be popping out and all kind of shits happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hypo yeah. is like, you just gain weight for fun. Like you look at food and you gain weight, right? It can cause heart palpitations. In my case, it's hair loss. But what I didn't know was that Quebec recognizes this as a major functional disability because it can really fuck up your sleep. So there was a time when I started university where I would work all week. And I would sleep all weekend, like 12 hours. My parents would come and put their finger under my nose to see if I was breathing and all kind of shit. And that was part of your thyroid. When it's not regulated, your sleep is really like messed up. And then, you know, I almost got beat. Everyone knows my mom because she thought I was pregnant. I lost my cycle because you can lose your things from your hypothyroidism. uh So I come to find out when I was at McGill that hypothyroidism is considered a major functional disability because of the lack of sleep and tiredness that you always get that comes with it. Mm-hmm. And they convert all your student loans to student bursaries. Mm. So to put this in number for you who are in Quebec, I have done a bachelor's, master's and a PhD, and I probably have paid no more than 18000 For three degrees, that's amazing. That's incredible. So, I'm not saying Mm -hmm. you should make up conditions, folks. (laughs) No, obviously you
0: have to have like medical confirmation notes, declarations, uh, assert. What do they call? But Um, a lot
1: of people don't know this that you can like. There, like Quebec, despite what I think about Quebec, the education system is very accessible. Very much so. Very Mm -hmm. much so. And if you have a learning disability, the same thing applies. You won't get as much money because, well, learning disabilities don't go away, but you learn how to cope and they give you a lot more services like transcription and tutors and all that stuff. And I had that, but the major functional disability, again, if you don't know about it, you don't tap into it. And a lot of folks don't tap into that in Quebec. So Mm -hmm. it's one of the way I was able to like really educate myself and not worry about the price coming, you know, from a low economic family. So that's adulting, find those loopholes, talk to people.
0: Mm -hmm. You mentioned about, um, you know, experiencing the, thyroid issues in school Mm. and how that caused you to sleep a lot. But that's actually one of the things that, um, you know, through some of the research that I was finding for this episode is that a lot of young people are, I mean, the the mental health issue is a huge deal for them more so than other generations. And Mm -hmm. I think that one of the biggest things you can do for yourself is just go to therapy. Before you go into maybe a long term partnership with someone, romantic partnership, yeah. if you're choosing to get married or live with that person for a very long time, you need to get some therapy. You need to address some issues going on in your life, the dance hall horn. Yeah. Mm. That's that one. There yeah, you yeah. go. Yeah, there you go. Wait, wait, wait. Um, I, as someone who has gone to therapy, I went for a very long time on and off. One of the biggest issues that prevented me from going to therapy was finances. I did not have the money to pay for sessions. And I discovered through, uh, again, being in Quebec and Canada that you can actually declare your, uh, uh, your therapy receipts, um, On your taxes, you can actually do that. You can declare that as an expense. Um, Here's the cool thing about therapy if you can't afford to go weekly, you can maintain some consistency and go maybe bi weekly or once a month. Just having someone to talk to. If you can spend money on, you know,
1: nails, you know, maybe
0: nails, hair, clothing, and so forth, maybe save a few dollars and put it together for a therapy session like once a month or something like that. It will probably help you be better at work, better as a family member, better in your romantic relationships, better as a human being overall. I waited. Yeah. Uh, a little bit too long. But I mean, who's to say what is long and what is short? Who's to say that? I went when I went. It was it served me very, very well. And I would encourage other people to do the same because there's a lot of issues that you go through. Um, One thing I will also say is you forgive your parents because they were just winging it just like you. (laughs) And they did not have the tools and resources that we have today. So therapy is definitely yeah. a good idea and go as early as you can.
1: Can I just add to that? Like a lot of folks, I hear what you're saying, Mar. And, you know, recently my therapist has put up her price and I was like, God damn, I can't be affording you. And I have a hundred percent assurance, right? It's so hundred percent insurance means like if I put in an $80 bill, I get the $80 back. Right. But homegirl yeah. went up to 160. I was like, boo, you pushing some numbers that I'm like... I don't know about all that. So that's a good point. But for those of you who are like, no, you know, if it's the difference between I got to eat or do therapy, I also want to mention that a lot of people in the gen generations are becoming resourceful. And I only have Canadian and more specifically Montreal examples, so my apologies, folks. But there's a new center that opened up Montreal called the Black Healing Center. And what they've done is they've chosen not even a sliding scale, but an accessible affordability scale first folks. And if you can't um, do it individually, they have also like group individual sessions, which can be harder, of course. But just to say that therapy doesn't have to be that traditional talk couch thing. Like, I find this generation has become very innovating to find different ways to get that mental health. Because, you know, I was just on a meeting prior to this podcast, folks, and we're in a situation now where we're waiting for therapists speech therapists, all sort of these professionals are on a year and a half, two year wait. So this is where you gotta be a little bit more resourceful, you know, where there sometimes there are new therapists who are looking for patients pro bono for a couple things. You know, there's help lines that you can call, you know, like find yourself what I would call a bridge situation until you can afford it. Because I'm with you, Mar. Some of the shit I needed to bounce off the wall, intense therapy started for me in my PhD. Like Mm -hmm. my mind literally and I know it's a thing my mind literally was cracking under the pressure of a PhD because there's a lot of shit that goes on in PhD world isolation, imposter syndrome, being racialized and doing a PhD where I was like, No, this shit is crazy. I need to talk to somebody about it. And that that guy who I love, by the way, he actually came to my graduation. He actually was teaching me how to do things without him because, you know, it wouldn't be free after a while. Right. Mm -hmm. So just to say that, you know, check the person out. A lot of them do pro bono. There's also an app Oz right in the States called get help or get Better. Better, 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 better help. Yeah. Get better. And they do sliding scales and you can match and see, Um, They also have unemployment
0: rates. They have unemployment rates. If you are not employed or you've just lost your job or you're not making as much, they offer unemployment rates or low income rates for anyone who is seeking uh, counseling online. It's a really good resource. And the other thing that I want to say with regard to therapy is that sometimes y'all go to therapy and you like to have marathon like sessions for, you know, (laughs) Sometimes you might just need a therapist for a year and that's yeah. good. You should not yeah. have a very long-term soap opera style relationship with a therapist. Sometimes you mm. should probably ask them or talk to them about, you know, can you give me tools for the next year so that I can get into this therapy and then get out? Cause you like, if your therapist has to keep going over and over and over with you on a number of different areas and compartments of your life, you might want to find a new therapist. Not on that,
1: you might need a psychiatrist. That's a whole different bond yeah. game but Never I don't know about I. that.
2: I think that I think that just like you get regular help, like regular physicals and regular whatever. I think it's fine to have a therapist, like a lifetime therapist. It doesn't have to be for issues necessarily. It doesn't have to be like psychoanalysis. It could just be someone who you have that, um, you know, that that confidential comfort yeah. level yeah. with that you could just kind of just share and and unload, you know, and kind of have another person give you advice in terms yeah. of how to navigate certain situations. Like I've been in therapy for years and the therapist, I've been through so many therapists and a lot of them were not a good fit. But I mm-hmm. found somebody and I only have 30 minute sessions. They're not longer than that. I don't have time for longer sessions than that. Um and I literally check in with her once a week. Sometimes those sessions are a little bit more uh I don't even know it it requires a little bit more work or they might be a little bit more um like heavier and then sometimes mm-hmm. it's just like oh this is what's this is an update on that situation this is how i handled that situation and it's it's really good to have that kind of professional um sounding board if you will just to kind yeah. of navigate through life because at the it end of the day It depends on the person. Yeah, like at the end of the day like i'm sure there's a ton of issues that i that might need to go into more depth, but then also just having that one person that you you can just be like, hey, you know, even with kids or just relationships, like you mentioned, Mark, did I handle this properly? Did that sound you know, like something that I could have done a little bit better? And it's generally, they're not there to necessarily coach you through life, but at the same time, for me, I found it super helpful to just kind of check in with somebody and, and just feel like
1: I'm not alone. You know what I'm saying? And those like I decisions. agree with you, Oz, because you know me, I you know, you know I don't like the diary, right? So I, I and I I am religious, so I do consider because of my lack of desire to have people read my thoughts, which my therapist does think is part of my paranoia. But I don't care, I like it. Um, I find my therapist is almost like my confession. I'm not a Catholic either, but my therapist is like things that I can tell that I don't have to tell other people and she can't tell nobody. So I'm like, great. This is the perfect relationship. And that's the
0: thing. That's the thing. I'm not saying you can never, you know, some people do require long-term therapy, but then there are other people who probably just might need a life coach or a spiritual advisor, or maybe even a community of faith. If you are into a, you know, spiritual part of your life, you know, but you find what works for you. um, But you should be demanding tools to help you with coping through life. And so it's not just this ongoing, lengthy, you know, um, you pouring out your soul. But I mean, you, you mentioned something, um, you know, really important with regard to, uh, you know, having, like, bouncing ideas off of a, a professional, you know, I really think that we, (laughs) young people need to get to a point where they start, um, you know, admitting that they don't know shit. You think (laughs) you're on social media and you look at people's lives and you think you know everything about them. You don't know shit. You truly don't. You look at your favorite rapper. Guess what? Some of my favorite rappers are assholes. But, (laughs) you know, that's life. You go on to social media and you think that you know individuals and you don't. Get off of social media. You need to get off of social media and accept that humans are human. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to be dicks in life. They're going to make mistakes. And they're going to actually do some terrible things to other people. And those stories will come out. Go back and yeah. listen to our cancel culture episode. Go back and listen to some of our other episodes where we actually discuss this. It's true.
1: I think you make a good point, Mar, because, you know, I'm in that, I'm in that privilege. And I say it's a privilege, despite the fact that the kids drive me crazy. But I am in that privilege where I, you know, you're a bit hip, but you're also experienced. Oh, I hear the dog shout out. That's our background. No, I love it because now they're becoming part of the show. But um, You're in that, I'm in that privilege that at least they still want to hear what I have to say. Um, And there's still a little bit of guidance, but if another, if I had to say advice or suggestion, because in my teaching philosophy, besides that there's a time and a place which I live by, it's also that you just drop your mustard seeds and you leave them. That's it. So what we're doing here today is just dropping some seeds. You want to grow them. You grow them. If you choose not to grow them, you'll boo do you. That's you. But one thing I tell my students all the time is life is not filters. And don't take for granted those who have that experience. Take it, absorb it, decide what's useful for you or not, and then keep it moving. But one yeah. thing I have to say that has really helped me that I really think young people aren't taking advantage of as much as they used to is volunteer work. And putting themselves in the community. Everything is for a dollar, right? Everything has a price. But I'm going to tell you that I, have a, fame, students, right? I have a group of students. For those TikTok viral moments. No, no, mm-hmm. no. I have a group of students. I've been on medical leave for six weeks. They meet me religiously at the bench outside my house. They're like, uh jay you're coming out for your walk we want to walk you i don't like the way they talk to me but they <laughs> want to walk, they walk you like a dog <laughs> yeah i think they enjoy it but i have to say every surgery i've had i've had the same offer and i i have to say and that builds to me it's character building so when they ask me to do reference letters i can do that but let's take it outside of your affinity because they only want to work with who they like scholarships volunteer work could open doors. And we're Mm -hmm. really, nowadays you get paid for everything. Internships and odds, I would love to hear it now if internships are paid, but in teaching, I didn't get paid to motherfucking do internships. Now these folks get paid for their internships.
2: So like labor laws have changed a lot since we were kids too, right? So that definitely Mm -hmm. impacts the way that people are volunteering or doing internships. With regards to internships, at least in the music business, Now it has to be for credit only, whereas back in the day, like it has to be for college credit. Otherwise, it's like slavery or child labor or whatever it's called, you know, like it's just not acceptable. So larger corporations don't take that risk. So unless you're getting credit or you're getting paid, you can't really have an internship. But yes, a lot of them are paid. And I feel you, Nisha. It's not the same. It's not the same. I'm not saying you
1: abuse them.
2: But a lot of them were being abused. But what I'm saying is I I definitely, I 1,000% was abused in that internship setup. However, that being said, like, you know, if you want something, you want to learn firsthand how to do something, you got to be all up in there. And not for a dollar either, for the experience. The experience is priceless. Like, the experience is so valuable. And like, that's an investment in yourself. And I think what we've all said today comes back to this, principle of investing in yourself whether it's taking your money and putting it into your pension your rsp yeah. your 401k whether it's investing in a therapy for your mental health whether it's going to the gym and working out and taking care of your body you know whatever it is that you start as as a younger adult it it builds itself up and is so yeah. much more valuable in the future you have to invest in yourself first in yourself better yeah. yourself put money into yourself, invest in, you know, in experiences, invest in education, pick up a book. I mean, listen, there's so much out there. Like we, when it was, when we were younger, we had to go to the bookstore to get a book. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like the access, the access that kids nowadays have is just, it's kind of unreal. And it, in a way it's a double-edged sword because for sure it has its advantages, but also that instant gratification. Like I see it in my own kids. These kids are spoiled as fuck. If they don't get what they want, the instant that they want it, it's like the world has come to an end and there's no, and we sound so old. I sound so old. There's like no, you know, value in earning anything anymore because what you want, you can get like in an instant, as opposed to where we had to like bust our asses or walk somewhere or take fucking seventeen trains. You know what I'm saying? Like as opposed yeah. to just get on our phone. My yeah. God, it's
1: Hundred percent. Yeah. The the concept yeah. of mic. I call it microwave generation. Like you just heat it up and it's boom, it's ready. Um You know it. it it's very problematic like and I you know kids come to me they want the scholarships but I tell them you got no volunteer background right you've got no volunteer background so I coming out of high school I mean I ran Black History Month went to college I was part of the Lions Club I was part of this I was part of that yeah I did a lot of work now let me not even get started Oz in the music industry but in the teaching industry I shouldn't like disrespect them like this but when you were a first-year teacher, let me tell you about first-year teaching. First-year teaching—you know your place. You absorb. You observe senior teachers, and you got your hands in everything because you want to keep that job, right? Mm-hmm. You want to prove yourself indispensable. Because I'm an older teacher now. I like doing what I want to do. I ain't doing nothing new. I'm. I'm not interested. I do basketball. I do black history month. I do staff council. No. No, 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 I'm good. And and basketball is a long season in the high school world. It's like October to to friggin' April. It's long. But these new teachers come in like, oh, what are you doing for me? I can't. No, I'm not with it. I'm not with it at all. I'm not with it. You don't like it's like that's why I actually am a bit of an advocate of raising the teacher age. Like I was even when I became a teacher at 22, I still felt it was too young to become a teacher at 22, when a lot of the students I was teaching was 17, that's not too far apart. You could date in that mm. age group, but well, you they can. don't understand. Okay. You can in Canada. But you can. You can. it's not yeah, 18? Yeah. You can. No, no, no. It's about um. Okay, so I teach sex. Ed. So if you're 12, <laughs> you can date somebody who's 15. Yeah, if but you're what about 17? You can 22? date someone who's 19. Yeah. What? it's not statutory yeah so that's what I'm saying and like I'd be shaking my booty in a club and then the student would turn 18 because like' Hi, miss, I'd be like I'm peace out that's why I moved to London because I ain't seeing nobody <laughs> I don't know nobody but I think you even now but my point is like there's something about the grit value that's gone down a bit like some of the some of the new teachers are what I call the younger teachers that I respect the most like the one who's replacing me now, she has grit above and beyond. I like that, I like the grit. I like knowing that when I leave you in charge of my class, my class is coming back in the same state that I left it. organized grit. And the kids say, miss, don't leave her with us. She's worse than you. Mm -hmm. I'm like, perfect, because I trained her. I've had her, I've no, actually I've taught that young lady since she was in grade seven. So I've had her for years. Yeah, you've been but grooming my, her for quite a while. That's right. It's perfect. But I, I I, value respect the young teachers who have grit. Like, I don't mean the slavery work. I mean grit. Like, you're available. You'll do the work. You want to. You'll sign up for things. But nowadays, they sit back and, like, pay me, bitch. I'm like, oh, yeah. no, no, no. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I think that's the biggest
0: issue. Regardless of what industry you're in, and it happens in every generation. I'm sure the older generations said the same thing about us when we were in our 20s or you know late teens, early 20s. Mm-hmm. It's the sense of entitlement. You know, you're not entitled oh. to anything. And I know that one of the biggest things um, that a lot of people in their 20s are facing right now is this feeling that, oh, I'm never going to be able to buy a house. I don't understand why I can't afford to buy a home. You're not entitled to that. You save Mm -hmm. up for it. You have to work. No one's going to give you, um, you know, this massive amount of money for free. You actually have to work. You have to have a a good credit history. That's another thing, building up your credit and understanding what a good credit history is all about. These are all things you have to work towards. And sometimes you don't even achieve those goals. It might not be until in your 40s or 50s, maybe even your 60s. You know, so you're not entitled to anything. It could be a long while before you experience, um, you know, some of the benefits of uh, that you want to be simply because like your generation admittedly has a lot of debt, a lot of student loan debt and a lot of other societal issues that might be, um, you know, an obstacle or a stumbling block to you getting to where you want to be, but you're not entitled to anything. And even in your career, you want to make sure that Gotta you work. make the right moves. You want to make sure that you get along with people. You're not entitled to promotions. You're not entitled to anything in the workplace. You do mm-hmm. the work. Sometimes you get passed over. Sometimes there are people who are idiots at you you know, in your office who might be, uh, uh, a hurdle (laughs) to get over in order to where you want to go. But the thing is, um, you want to be strategic in how you're working. You want to be strategic in the relationships you have, because you just don't know, like sometimes all of these things are, it's a multi-layered and, and, um, you know, a multi- there's approach. like multiple factors and approaches yeah. in how you're going to manage these things even in your career you may think like i'm entitled entitled to this salary yeah. um you know after being here for like 2 years that's not necessarily the case you could be in a job for like 5 years and not get the salary you want but how are you going to navigate that you know what i mean and yeah. i think that at sometimes there maybe there should be some sort of a course on how to negotiate salaries and educating people about what they can expect. I would love a course like that for myself as a woman. I, you I know? know one for you. I'll send it to you, Mar. Well, send her my way. But you I I, I just feel, now I just feel like these are things that, um, you know, should you don't know, you're not entitled to
1: anything. You just aren't.
0: Sorry to say it. But yeah, that's that's life
1: you know, Uh, let's piggyback on that for a minute, because I I wrote down a couple points. I have this theory about entitlement. And this is strictly coming from my teacher life. Entitlement, once upon a time was dedicated to a certain population, right? Like, you went to the private school, you lived, you know, you had a certain economic bracket with your family, and you would see them and they were clearly identifiable. Now, they all think they're entitled. (laughs) <laughs> it's crazy to me. I'm talking about from the little five-year-olds up. I have two godchildren. They're twins, okay? They're twins. I love them. I uh, Isabella and Rory love them. They're hilarious. And they live in England. And they talk to me all the time. And they come on and they say, Auntie, it's time for us to see you now. Uh, Who's paying for my plane ticket? Are you paying for my plane? Well, if you want to see us, you'll come. Oh. Okay, so that's five. Let's fast forward now to grade seven, where they're 12. But miss, I worked hard on it. I think I want the 100. That's good for you. I don't know what to tell you about that. Let's fast forward to grade 11. But miss, the assignment is only five days late. Why do you need to take 25%? I want the mark. Good for you. Fast forward to my university class. The Oh, dear Dr. J. Uh, I know I got an A-, minus, but, you know, an A would just look better right on my transcript. Bitch, did you earn the A? <laughs> did you earn the A? That I find those oh. emails the most insulting ones. The most. But you got to give them a little bit of credit. Let me just say. That's let me the just next put that point, Ozzy. Creativity. But fuck that. Earn the A. No, Audacity. Audacity. Audacity,
2: no audacity, tenacity, let me tell you something. That same attitude is going to get that bitch a promotion in the workplace. And I'm not kidding. Not from me. Now, granted, not from you, but I'm just saying, yo, you got to, uh, like, a part of me is just like, you got to be ballsy. You got to put yourself out there. The greater the risk, the greater the reward. What's okay. the worst thing that could happen from that? I don't Is respond. She left a salty taste in your mouth and you didn't
1: respond. But uh-huh. had it been somebody else, maybe, maybe they would have reconsidered. Never. I know that's my integrity. I don't even respond back to those emails. But remember this, Oz, <laughs> <Good> for you. <laughs> I'm still a teacher yeah. in a teacher world. So when a student does that, and they're going into my profession, and they apply for a job at my school, oh, true, you know different. what my school does? Oh, Jay, did you teach this person at McGill? Oh, I did. Oh, what did you think of them? Do you I mean, want yeah. the last impression to be, oh, I got a name my Because you know what it is? I'll tell you, first of all, you didn't earn it. This is something that really mm. irks me at every level of academics, right? I earned every mark, good, bad, in between. I earned it. If I got 51, 14, I remember I got 14 on a test. I earned that mark. And mm. I believe, like, I don't believe in boosting you because you were cool or nice. Right. I don't do that because... In teacher world, all you have is integrity and your name. Because every kid believes they only get marks that the teachers give them because they like them. I knew that really young in my teaching career. So you got to earn that integrity. Secondly, it's not about the mark you get. The fundamental thing in teaching is two things. One, can you take big information and simplify it? And two, can you keep those bitches alive? Period. They don't care that you got the A in university. They wanna know if they leave you alone in a classroom, do all the kids come out alive. I'm dead serious. When they do the interviews, they give you these classroom management scenarios to see if you can keep them alive. Your A just gets your foot in the door. What takes you over the threshold is, are you a good application? Can you apply what you got that A got you for? So that's why the marks to me are not, and I'm also an anti-exam person, all that stuff doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Fundamentally, my fun. My question is, are you a person who's going to cause harm to younger generations? And if you are, it's a no bueno for me. Mm-hmm. Because I see the harm. Particularly, I'm going to be real here. We have. We still maintain a lot of white female teachers. I was going to say. And if that you don't itself... know, if you're not about it and you don't know how to walk into a classroom where you have kids with diverse you know, diverse learning, indigenous, black, racialized, and you harm them, kids come out with that taste mm-hmm. and it affects them. It follows them. Yeah. So to me, you're not getting, I don't even respond to the emails. Sometimes I think about it. Sometimes I write back thinking, hello, this is Dr. J. You are not entitled to this. Thank you so much. But I don't even write back. That's how I honor it. That's I you, don't though. Even write
0: back. You're not representative yeah. of all teachers across North America. There's some I teachers, am. and and We're all in and Not so much, <laughs> not so much the teachers, but the systems in place, the schools, and the education system. Unfortunately, in certain parts of the world, are not that um, you know uh, they're not maintaining that I level know. of quality across the
1: board. I can know, we, but, but I want them an- to take care of me. So I want them to have integrity. I don't want them like slapping me in the corner somewhere and be like, she didn't give me I the want a. them to have
0: integrity too. I want teachers to be just like you and raise the bar as far as, you know, teaching children. But that's, <laughs> unfortunately, it's, I'm sad. You're. I think you're in the minority.
2: That's, that's a real sad fact.
0: That's really us move
2: on. Can I just say, though, you just mentioned that you don't want these teachers to harm the kids. And it was I, so yeah. big to me because I have personally been, I want to say, I, and I hate to use the word traumatic, but it was really, I've had two very traumatic experiences as a student in the hands of white women teachers. Very traumatic in terms yeah. of the attack felt incredibly biased in a sense that, you know, the assumption was that I should know in both situations, the assumption was that I should know information, just, just implied that I should have information about subject matters that I was never exposed to Mm -hmm. specifically Christianity, both cases, both cases. And it's crazy to me that like, and that was, I'm pretty sure that currently in 2022, I'm hoping that well, at least not in middle America, but that most places are sensitive to this now that not mm-hmm. everybody comes from the same background and not everybody like has the same, you know, basic knowledge that you think that you're, you know, people who look like you have, you know, it's just not, yeah. it's just not there.
1: But, let's but that being said, about, go ahead. Well, let's I'm go sorry. back to saying Oz, like, you know, we're not on different we're on religious spectrums all three of us but you've mentioned how you're like i'm not you know i'm not really down the religious thing and that could be your cultural context which you told us about but then you also had these two twats who didn't make <laughs> you feel good about it right oh, but really then you bad. see what i'm saying like that that like it cements your feeling yeah about yeah. something right so where i'm the opposite right i had two parents who were liberal religious Christian Muslims floated around the universe, taught me everything about these two religions, taught me everything, and I love it. I thrive on it. And I try to give that back to the kids, right? So they wanna they have a box where they can ask all kind of nasty ass religious questions and they want to know because I believe you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. So I try to tell them about it. But that's my point, right? Like these two cemented a feeling that Oh, I should know something. And, and teachers, so I don't know if you both know this, but teachers spend 195 days to 200 days with kids, anywhere between five to eight hours. Mm-hmm. Legally, we're considered, you know, legal acting parents. That's mm-hmm. a big influence. Right. It is a influence. big
0: influence. And you're also making decisions that obviously affect the child long term that will carry through the rest of their life, which is why, you know, in certain parts of Quebec, you might have people who have never learned French before in their life may have a very sour taste because of the the legalistic and very, like, harsh experiences that they experience from their teachers trying to teach them this language. I remember also,
1: free, women.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well I also in um in elementary school in Northern Ontario was one of the few black children in the school mm. was mm-hmm. uh forced into a remedial program because they thought that my inability to understand and comprehend certain math equations was related to me just being a stupid kid. And it wasn't that way at all. It was because I had emotional and other issues going on at home. And if you had asked those questions and probably even talked to me about it, then you might've actually found that out and understood that that was the root of why I wasn't doing so that. well in because school.
1: You know? Math is also Eurocentrically taught. You know, Mm -hmm. I just read a project from a grad student of mine in my ethnomathematics about finding different ways of presenting math that other cultures, you know, can grapple with, right? But that goes back to young folks. I know we've been shitting on them just a tad. But I also want to say, they're also mad creative and have a lot of entrepreneurship, like, and it goes Mm -hmm. back to what Oz is saying about being ballsy, like, don't play that shit with me. I have boundaries, which is another issue I'll talk about. But I talk to a lot of young people going into college and they're like, nah, I ain't taking no loans, Ms. J. I'm working. I'm holding down a job at Jean Coutu or the pharmacy, or, you know, they're doing tech startups. Like they're very innovating. And it makes mm-hmm. me like, I often to build my own business, I rely on that generation who graduated. You know, I've got students who are working for Bombardier building planes and all kind of shit. And, you know, who make yeah. apps for me like I had a student this year can I just say I had a student this year I gave an assignment about five you places it. you want to travel in the world and he made an app yep to present how do I not give you a hundred like nah, you yeah, just I took that you just knocked that shit out the park right he made an app so I just said to him this summer yo come do some work for me you know this is what I'm saying like they're very innovating despite the filters and the TikTok shit and all the crazy things they're doing mm-hmm. They're extremely innovating and creative. And I love the fact that they're trying to get money in ways that I was like, I'm not even like TikTok stars and YouTube stars making more money than us. Listen, Miles is 10 years old. The boy has yeah, more followers than us. Yeah, no, his 10,000 yeah. yeah. downloads. No, and not for
2: nothing. You're right. The innovation, the access they have to teach themselves this. So my, I want to say the thing that I would tell all kids today, not that any kids listen to this show, but tell your kids, man, tell your kids to fucking explore to instead of wasting their time on the social media shit, tap in, learn, 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 learn everything you can learn. And you I I am definitely for the ballsiness. I be tenacious, get in people's faces. I remember a lot of my mom friends would be like, oh my God, my daughter just went up to that person and asked her for something in the playground. It's not even hers. Fuck that, let her ask. Go, Mm -hmm. don't be fearless. Your fear, it grows and cripples you as you age. So while you're fearless, act. Create the life that you imagine living. Act on it now. Don't wait, that shit's not gonna happen to you. You have to make that shit happen. Opportunities, but save your money. You know, the opportunities <laughs> don't come to you. You have to actively go out. But yeah, save a bit. Of, um, like yo, but can I, do all uh, this stuff yeah. with a little bit of a little bit of like a um, what's a it pinch called? Pinch of boldness. A- but no, no, have the boldness, but have a little bit of like a safety mat or whatever they're called, you know, the cushions that, that yeah, yeah. Safety to fall mat, yeah. a place to fall, safety a mat, soft place
1: know. to land. Can yeah, I tell yeah. you, there is a 12 year old. He's not 12 anymore. He is now 15 in India and you can tag him in this show. His name is Hazik Khan. They were given an assignment at school to find ways to reduce ocean trash pollution in the, yeah, ocean to reduce pollution in the ocean, ocean trash. He came up with, remember, he was 12 years old when he did this shit. He came up with a device that was like an ocean vacuum. Because I do a a series of things I teach uh, kids who change the world, right? It's a series I do in class. And this dude came up and designed a mechanism where you could go in the ocean. It wouldn't suck up the water, but it would collect and vacuum up the trash. Mm -hmm. Like, he did a TED Talk. Homeboy did a TED Talk before me. He 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 wasn't even 15 when he did his TED Talk. So that's what I'm saying. That innovation. There's another girl. I forget her name. She's an author. She writes black books for black little girls so that she could see herself. Her name is Imani. I forget her last name. But again, this is some innovating shit. I got a little girl at school. She has her own podcast. She got more viewers than us. Right. This is what I'm saying. Like, The creativity, there's something about that part of their brain that is more open than ours. And I think it comes down to the values our parents have passed on to us, like, you know, you get a good job, you go to school, Mm -hmm. you get the job, then you get the house, then you get the partner, or you get the partner and the job and the child, and then you start that shit all over again. Yeah. This generation is like we put the order we want it comes money.
0: down it comes down to good parenting um, <laughs> save your money <laughs> do you know yeah. that there's actually a segment of people in their uh, 20s and 30s it's a very small segment but what they're doing is I forget what it's like a special term but it's like really aggressive retirement savings so what they're doing is good. you know the general rule is when you're budgeting you like save 10% of your paycheck and put that aside as part of your savings. What they're doing is like 50% of their paycheck. Wow. And if they are having trouble being able to reach that 50%, they're going as far as like um sharing households. So instead of living um you know if they're not in a long-term or, you know, romantic partnership, they're actually uh sharing homes with like maybe two, three, four roommates, and then saving that money on their own. So they're putting their 50% of their pay aside so they can reach retirement faster. It's part of like an early retirement scheme. Hmm. I feel like, you know, good parenting helps. It's innovation, creativity, um, boldness helps. And I think also they're learning from mistakes they see that we're making,
1: (laughs) Uh yeah they're
0: they're looking they're looking at how we kind of screwed things up and are like yeah i'm not i'm not trying to go there definitely don't want to don't want to be there like you um but in in terms of the area of health um so y'all saw the announcement from i want (laughs) my partner always calls him justin bieber but justin bieber uh you know where he talks about how he's suffering from this like john ramsey syndrome which is like causing it's like a neurological uh condition mm. it's causing disorder uh, it's causing like paralysis on like half the side of his face which wow to some other people it's like oh that's not a big deal but it's like if you're a vocalist or you're a singer or performer yeah that is kind of a big deal here's the thing sometimes in life you're you're definitely going to get hit with surprise health issues I am <laughs> living proof of that. Mm. I got hit with with a, a condition called idiopathic intracranial hypertension earlier this year. I don't I, and and that's I don't even know if that is actually the condition because there's still all kinds of tests and stuff that are being looked at to determine whether I actually have it or not. But it's very likely that I do. And what that is is um, it's basically where your body is producing so much spinal fluid that it ends up collecting in the brain and it makes it very difficult for you to be able to, um, you know, lie down because if your head is not elevated, you'll experience a lot of the the pressure, um, wow. from the fluid being put on your brain. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you, it's very prominent in people who, uh, are overweight. And, and I found out that actually this condition IIH is, more common during the pandemic because of how out of control everybody was with their eating. Uh Uh Any kind of fluctuations, quick fluctuations in weight gain, uh, that will definitely be an incentive for or induce migraines. And so since, you know, I started off learning that I had this condition because of headaches, very severe headaches that I was suffering from. And that then that's how it ended up becoming this other condition. So you just never know, you know, you want to be very mindful of your health. Um, I mentioned at the top of the show that one of the big things affecting a lot of people in their 20s and 30s right now is obesity and morbidity. Um, I'm all for embracing people of all sizes, but let's be real here. The weight, the obesity will affect your health. And if you need to lose weight, you will have to do it. You're going to have to do it. doesn't matter how cute you look. (laughs) Mm. Now you probably will need to lose weight because it is going to affect you in terms of, um, being a leading cause of diabetes, uh, cancer, all kinds Mm. of conditions. You want to stay away from any processed foods and anything that will do a lot of harm to your health. You just never know. You really never know. And this is where saving a little bit of money comes into play. This is where having a support network and a community comes into play. You just don't know what's going to happen to you. It could affect your work. It could affect your job. It could affect your ability to care for your kids. You just don't know what can happen to you in terms of your health. So you really need to keep your health as a number one priority, your health and that of your parents. You know, can we get, can we
1: get into like taking care of our parents? Can we get into boundaries when it, boundaries can cover all of this stuff. If there's one thing I wish someone had said to me was learn your boundaries. Like it's okay to say, no, I don't want to do this because I'm tired or it's okay. Like I'm just learning now. I am suffering now. Because I have recently, in the last four years, begun to say no to my mother, who I adore and love. But to (laughs) say no after 40 years is like, she, she, oh, you don't want to talk? I'm tired. You know, and I'm scratching my head and I'm like, but I'm tired. And so boundaries, as young folks, I, I will say that, There's two folds for boundaries for me and younger generations. Number one, I want to say I'm super proud at the conscious efforts they make with consent, calling out rape was rape. You know, they're they're very good on social issues. I've really I really like that. And they set those boundaries. They cancel you real quick. Uh And. They they they're very they're much more open and progressive and accepting of human beings, whichever they choose to identify. And given that we're in Pride Month and Indigenous Month, I'm really proud to see this generation really picking up that activist, uh, you know, baton mm-hmm. and really t- pushing the boundaries. But at the same time, if there's one thing I will say is, boundaries are super important. Like they're super important at all of our, gener- at all, in all of our generations, like learning to set up boundaries, whether it's against your partner, yourself, other people, your parents, and so forth. I think boundaries is my number one piece of advice, you know, try it out because you need it. See, you the
0: annual, it. annual friendship purge is not looking
1: so bad anymore, is it? <laughs> mm-hmm still reminds me of Rick and Morty but yeah I mean I've actually worked a lot on boundaries uh, not just with my mom but uh, actually probably with everybody like I'm an accessible service person like I give 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 but I'm tired you know I'm tired and I can't Like this is something this, by the way, see brought to you by therapy. This is something that my therapist and I have actively work on, like techniques for different people to say, this is not what I need at the moment or how to withdraw myself without offending people. But boundaries, boundaries are super important. And maybe the friendship purge is not so bad after all. But, you know, one day at a time. I'm getting I there. think I'm I think the there.
0: friendship purge is necessary in life because sometimes you will have a lot of toxic individuals in your space and you need to do a little bit of self-care and take inventory, take stock of what's going on in your life. Sometimes there's there's people in your life for certain seasons and it may not be necessary to bring them into that next season that you're going. through. yeah. For. That doesn't necessarily mean that they need to be there. You can move on. You can say, no, you were great for this period of my life and you need to stay there. And I do not intend to carry on this relationship into the next uh, phase that I'm going into. It's perfectly fine for your own mental sanity, for your own
1: emotional health. Really key, really, really key. But I feel like Mar, you learned that lesson a lot quicker than I did. Because it's only um I think my therapist was like, if you're looking forward to having an operation to get a break, you may want to think about that statement. That's what she said to me, because I was she said, What are you looking forward to after surgery? I said, Oh, that nobody can reach me. And she's like, That could be a bit of a problem. You might want to add in some stop gaps when you return back to your normal routine and she's right so now on my calendar i actually block out times where i lie and say that i'm with somebody (laughs) but i'm not But why do you have to lie Uh, because we're not in that culture that respects that just yet as much as we talk about let's bell talk i don't know what the equivalent is in the us but we have that let's bell talk day because i know it's around my birthday all the time but they don't respect it's like this day where everything that you do Oz, like if you keep um, resharing it, it will donate to a bell fund that goes to mental health, uh, access and resources. But mental health is still a major stigma. It's still major. Um, people don't talk about it. it's a major, in, a major invisible disability. And you, like, you know, when you do applications, it asks you to, re- like, reveal if you have a mental challenge or mental diversity. I doubt most people will check it. Unless it's mm. something that's socially accepted like epilepsy or, you know, something like that because they're afraid of the employment bounce, like how will it look on a CV or will it will it eliminate me from being interviewed? So I'm sure people are not as forthcoming in their mental mind status as they could be. So I think that's why Mar, I put in my calendar, like sometimes I'll just put meeting. It's literally a meeting between me and my bed, but it, it's it's really like, she reminded me that you can't be looking forward to getting cut to relax, mm. right? Like something's got to give. And so yeah. now I, as I come back into my business, um, I told my clients like, yo, St. John the Baptiste is coming. I don't care where you are in the world. It's a wrap. I'll see you in the, in the beginning of August. It's a wrap. I'm shut down, and I mean, some of them aren't taking that too kindly. But I need a break. How do you want my brain to work for you if I'm too tired? So that's something that I think young people—they work hard. They're you know, but also right, Oz. They have to keep up with content they got to put out if they're going to be YouTube stars and whatever, whatever. But building in breaks building in boundaries and breaks. And that I wanna say, especially goes for our parentals. They are the biggest ones that need the boundaries to me. They're the ones who need it. Between my dad who insists on sending me WhatsApp messages every day, to my mother who insists on talking to me four or five times a day. If we talk twice, the moon is not going to explode. (laughs) Five times, it was okay when I wasn't married. It was okay when I wasn't running a business, but five times, we're good. We can talk three. I can skip, mm. you know, I can wean you off. But five times or daily messages, and I love the fact that my parents want total accessibility to me. But like sometimes I just want to watch Real House of Dubai, which is now my new favorite reality TV show, and zone out and eat Weetabix and chill. Yeah, like I don't want to answer I- or send a message.
2: I want to put a different spin on this though nisha just because i remember my dad at the when he was really declining he was calling me 70 times a day but that was a different thing right he was losing his memory but i remember telling my brother was just like why don't you just tell him to stop calling you and i was just like because one day he's not gonna be able to call me
0: yeah yeah
2: and like it's like i think we're there now so The parents' thing, I get it. You definitely need boundaries, especially if they're being like assholes to you. But take as much as you can get from the mother around.
1: Absolutely, and I think that's true. I just think like, and I think about it a lot. Like my grandmother. See, but why can't they all be like my grandmother, Oz? Yo, my granny, my nanny (laughs) is kicking. Like, my grandma calls me, you know, I, My first of all, my grandmother has her own schedule, right? She goes to work. She comes home at noon. she got to watch Bold and the Beautiful, then General Hospital, <laughs> then <Western. laughs> grandma She has, has the whole thing going, right? She has to smoke a little doobie, do her thing. But if you call her after 530, you're good. She has a ton. She has boundaries. Boundaries. Yeah. Boundaries, like right? Boundaries. You can only call her before 8, before she goes to work. Or after 530? Because she'll tell you straight, my grandmother has boundaries. Hi, sweetie. I really want to talk to you. But, you know, I got to watch my soap. (laughs) (laughs) I am here for it. I truly am here for it. Listen. This is a classic line from her.
0: I have a partner who is who doesn't understand the meaning of boundaries, and he thinks that because we have a marriage that is, you know, that that is an excuse to involve himself in and, you know, in everything, every waking hour of my day. And, you know, like you, Oz, he has a mother who has also got, um, you know, a dementia condition as well. And he went through the same thing. And his excuse for answering every call was the same, that he felt like there's going to be one day where I won't be able to hear them call at all. But the reality is, is that if you try to be there for every single call as many times as it is in a day, you won't have very much left for yourself. And you need that in order to be able to... You know, maintain your sanity and to be recharged and well enough to receive or have a long conversation with them when you know when that time comes for you to be able to talk to them. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and and it's it's so important. Boundaries are so important. It's really key, even from your own partner. You know, there's a point mm-hmm. in my nighttime routine where I like to go to bed and just be there alone and not have anyone talk to me and just read in silence and have quiet time. You know, but my partner sees it as a, as a time to go in and like, oh, she's there in bed by herself. Yay. Hey, you know, he'll come in there with his own newspapers and books. And all of a sudden it's like, you know, the papers are all shuffling and it's like, you know, moving around on the bed. And it, it really becomes a lot after having, like you, Nisha, multiple text messages throughout the day. I'm the type of person who likes who works in a certain way where I just need like at least a few hours of focus and then I can mm-hmm. give you more of myself once I've recharged and done the things that I need to do on my end, then I can be of service or be helpful to you, you know? So it is important. You need to take time for yourself. You can't be there for the 70 calls per day. You, you, you need to have some time to yourself and to be energized so that when the time comes for you to be able to talk to the person, then you will probably be in your best, um, condition to version. communicate with them mm-hmm. and you're not going to be frustrated or resentful or overwhelmed or anything like that you know it's okay to take time for yourself boundaries are hugely important i totally agree boundaries with that huge.
1: It, that's important too cuz you know we have a lot i know a lot of like you know both of my parents are carers and carers if they're family members particularly it takes a toll they need a break they need to go out they need to do something right I I have
0: caregivers in my family as well same thing yeah yeah
1: and I I agree with you I was like I don't want to miss those moments but I also don't want to be like resentful or be like yo what like okay I'm proud to at (laughs) now like like what do we do yeah right like you know what do we do it can take a lot out of you Emotionally, that exactly. It's exhausting. But I know when we when I first got married, I was like, I was like your husband. I was the texter. Like, how are you? And he'd be like, "Bitch, I'm at work. Like, what do you to do? <laughs> <laughs> I so just now- saw you an hour ago. I know. <laughs> now it's different. Like, it's really funny to say, but I would say we really don't text each other throughout the day we really don't like unless i have something to drop or i have something to say like they're meaningful texts. sometimes i get randomly struck and text how much i love him and then he'll text i love you back more and then he tries to end the conversation but <laughs> usually it's like i'm coming I'm you though. you know what the the average text is? i'm starving okay <laughs> and i write back what am i supposed to do about that or i write back feed me woman right? Yeah. But I have to say, like, I, I find that, you know, he needs his time and he doesn't get as much downtime as I do. Like, you know, I get home three thirty, four o'clock, homeboy gets home at nine. I'm good. Like mm-hmm. I got hours. It reminds me of that Sex in the City episode where Carrie and Aiden move in and he come when she comes home, he's like, What you doing? What you saying? Who'd you see? What you doing? And she's like, Yo. You know? You got to so chill. Yeah. And then she tells him at the end of the episode, like, I need one hour. And after she got it, she didn't need it. And I just remember that because so when my husband comes home, I'm not like, I just like, hey, babe, I leave it. And I'm the one who goes to bed early Mars. So he gets that downtime. Right? Lately, Mm -hmm. I've been blackmailing him, though, that he must go to bed with me because I'm still on sick leave. But he says, you know, this is your last week. And then I'm not going to bed with you. And I'm like, fine, whatever. But <laughs> boundaries. Yeah. Right? Boundaries. And, and I think they look different for everybody. But a little self-care will reduce the wear and tear. Yeah.
2: I that's very really true. So, guys, we went a little bit off tangent. But I want to yeah. just throw my key things out there. Drink water. Invest All in yourself. Be bold. Be fearless. And learn something. That's it for me.
1: I would say be creative, have integrity, and take some self time. Hmm.
0: I would say look after your health and save the BBL surgery for later on in life. You don't need that right now. (laughs) People gain weight as they get older. You probably don't need all those surgeries at at, in like your 20s. There's lots of things that are going to change and stretch your body like childbirth, mm-hmm. <laughs> weight gain, weight loss, a whole bunch of different things. Uh, you could probably do yourself a huge, huge uh, favor and just wait a while before you think that you need to change anything hold about off. your body. Yeah, hold off on that.
1: Absolutely. You ain't, you ain't
0: seen nothing yet. You ain't seen mm-hmm. nothing yet. That being said, we hope this episode has been entertaining for you regardless of your age and we will be back again with a new episode hopefully something a little more i mean this was certain parts were positive but uh (laughs) (laughs) hopefully something a little more cheery yes
1: all right guys all right right, peace have a good week peace gang